0: Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies, your talent transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Hello and welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Thiel. We're nearing the end of 2023. It's been a great year. Had. A lot of great conversations with a lot of thought leaders. And as we are wrapping it up, we thought, let's end this on a high note. For those that are unfamiliar to the Performance Matters podcast, but for those that know us already, that know GP strategies, you know that we are an organization that operates in a lot of fields around the world. We have a full consulting arm. We have a learning services arm and a technologies arm and not to steal a phrase from, you know, like a, an ambulance chasing attorney, but one call does it all when it comes to talent transformation, that's GP strategies. You can visit us at gpstrategies.com. And so in looking at everything that we're up to, we thought as we wrap up the year, let's dive into one of our solutions and go into the consulting arm and look at something that I think is really an underserved and often overlooked element of consulting, and that's change management, and specifically as it pertains to technology and technology adoption. So today we're going to focus in on the concept of tying technology change management to real world business results. I mean, if you think about it, after all, that's why we're investing the time, the effort, the labor, the pain of making these change management elements and user adoption elements. So to really riff on this topic, we thought let's bring in one of our favorite friends of the show, three-time guest, Ellen Kumar, coming to us from beautiful, sunny California. Ellen, how are you today?
1: I'm great. And it is sunny. So...
0: Yes, love it. Okay, so for those that aren't familiar, I do encourage you to check out our library of podcasts and you can search for Ellen and we've had some great conversations. Ellen is an organizational change management practitioner and a solution architect within that field. And Ellen, for those that haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you or even check out your amazing LinkedIn, presence. You've got some really cool things going on there, fellow podcaster, of course. Mm -hmm. But can you just share a little bit of your bio before we get into the the heart and the the soul of this topic?
1: Sure. I grew up in the Midwest, but my professional life has been mostly on both coasts, both in the DC area, as well as out in California, primarily with the same practice, although it's had different names. I I was employed (laughs) by RWD Technologies that got acquired by GP Strategies, but we kept doing the same stuff. My roles have ranged from instructional designer to project manager to more what I just call, I love the term solution architect. It means I get to do a lot of different things in the in the space for more than 25 years.
0: Okay, so there's some great background. And, you know, one of the things that prompted this discussion today was that you and I were partnering on different aspects of a substantial Technology adoption proposal in the past couple of months, and mm-hmm. um, you know one of the cool things about GP strategies is that you have all these specialists in these different areas, and you know my craft is more the storytelling and the creative direction of things like proposals or events, and I so love. When we get a chance to bring in heavy hitters like yourselves that have a lot of value in a specific area. And so obviously in this proposal where we're proposing significant technology recommendations, mm-hmm. uh, what I love is that we also brought in the idea of organizational change management or what some folks might call OCM right. out there. That's different than OCD, correct, Ellen?
1: It is. It's a little different <laughs>
0: thing. Okay. Good. I just want to put that out there, first of all. So I just wanted to say uh, I, I'm honestly a fan in terms of looking at the the ideas that you brought into that proposal. And then I had the opportunity to make them look pretty and everything. But the fact is uh, just some really great things. So if we don't get to those in the conversation, I'm going to bring out a few as we go in here. The first question I want to lob out there to you with today's topic of really tying change management for technology to business results, is really just, you know, briefly, if you could share why installing technology alone is insufficient for business improvement. So what are your thoughts on that, Ellen?
1: I like to really underscore with people that although some get really excited about the technology, installing it alone is never enough. I have often used the analogy of the movie Field of Dreams. You know, if we build it, (laughs) they will come. If we implement it, will they use it? Probably not. It is not second nature to humans to just start using a new and different technology. People get very wedded to their, their routines, their processes, and the way they do work. And when those things change, you better be as an OCM team ready to not just tell people what's coming but engage them and let them talk to you about it and hear their feedback so that they can buy into it that's why mm,
0: that sounds like music to my ears and you know I've been on both the receiving end of new technologies over my you know hard to believe 3 decades in the work mm-hmm. world and and I've been on the the end of trying to promote new technologies you know, have made my own experiences. They say experience is what you get when you don't get what you want, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I've seen it work both ways, the wins, the losses. And I think what you're saying is is a big thing here. So, you know, when it comes to user adoption, you know, mm-hmm. what are your recommendations for change leaders? What should they be advocating for when it comes to user adoption? What are your thoughts on that? What tips and insights do you have for us?
1: I, I think that change leaders need to get in front of whoever approves budget early and let them know that what I said before about technology, flipping the switch is not enough. We are going to need a program to reach out to people, let them know it's coming, let them get a chance to voice their opinions. And then we have to overcome objections. And that takes time. That takes a plan and it might take outside resources, Although we might have a lot of willing people within the organization that say, I'd like to help you with that. It's just early planning or is the first step.
0: Okay. So you're saying get that in there, make sure that organizational leaders realize that when it comes to the, the pre-planning and the preparation, you really need to have the change management running side by side. And maybe even in some cases in front of the technology, Mm -hmm. is that a fair assessment?
1: It is definitely a fair assessment. If uh, you think about a lot of technology implementations having a six to 12 month timeline, it is no unusual event to have the change leaders start at the kickoff and begin to help the team that's doing the implementation work together. And then using that as a microcosm, they can start expanding out to the rest of the enterprise, understanding the feelings in the hearts and heads of the impacted people.
0: What you're saying reminds me of one of the headlines that we had in the proposal, and you might need to help me with it, but there was a comparison of project management and change management. Is that ringing a bell with you? Do you remember what that little, it was like a flip of, yeah. it's like project management gets, do you remember what that was?
1: I, I probably can't quote it but I know that project management makes sure things get done on time and within budget and change management looks at the people, the, the organization, the teams and the individuals and make sure they're all on board. I mean, so it's like an undercurrent. Yes.
0: Yes. I like that. It was like a yin and yang comparison. And that was, you clearly stuck with me. I mean, it's, it's easy when you're busy to compartmentalize and do something and move on. But that really hit me where I went, wow, change management. It's about getting the people ready for the technology, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we call a high art, right? <laughs> there's yeah. there's a lot involved in that. You know, one of the things that we're really focusing on today is this idea of the business case, right? Right. My question to you is how critical is it to ensure that the business case for change management is not only compelling, but also specific enough to help secure the the necessary budget for change and adoption. What kind of insights or thoughts do you have on that?
1: I think it's absolutely critical to spell it out. It's like when you're learning for the first time as a college student how to write a paper where you have a topic sentence and then (laughs) evidence. You need to make evidence specific and quantitative, as I would say, if I were coaching a college student. Here we are, (laughs) people writing a business case. Make it specific and quantitative. Call out the outcomes that you hope to achieve and tie that to the justification for the spend. We propose to invest in a digital adoption tool that will both reduce training authoring time over manual processes, but it will also even better embed help and support for customer service reps, for example, right where they need to access it when they get a phone call from an irate customer. That will improve our customer experience reviews and our ratings. That's the kind of specificity that I think needs to be there. And then that can be measured.
0: Absolutely. I mean, from what I'm hearing from you, and I love the analogy of going back to colleges, getting down to specific use cases, right? And, And then you can start to pinpoint you know, here's uh, here's something measurable and trackable, and mm-hmm. and here's how you know there there's a business case use. My question to you is, without naming you know specific clients or projects, do you have any kind of uh, war stories or examples of coaching clients through this type of process?
1: The business case process, you mean? Yeah. Okay. There have been times when the client themselves realized that they didn't secure funding early. So they come to us saying both, could you do it? And could you propose it in such a way that you'll include the business case for us so we can justify the spend late in the game? We definitely want to help ourselves and help you sell why add GP strategies to the mix right now when we didn't talk about them six months ago. So you can talk about the trend you're seeing, you know, three or four or five months into a project where you're still encountering resistance. And if you bring GP Strategies on now, they will connect with the areas of resistance, You know, let them communicate, let them engage, let them help make some decisions. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways to approach and mitigate re- resistance. And so okay. that would be a way to do it.
0: In thinking about this, you're kind of mentioning this continuum process of, mm-hmm. you know, you had some clients in that case that were maybe kind of in the middle phase of a change and almost said, okay, now we're seeing the need. Let's backtrack. I think that goes ties back to what you're saying about starting early and assuming you're going to have these, whether it's emotional road bumps or mm-hmm. it's it almost look at like the stages of grief, kind of sometimes mm-hmm. when it's user adoption. So I, I'm sure you've coached many organizations through the overall continuum of change. Can you just talk a little bit about? Like, what should people expect in the various phases uh, when it comes to change? Like, talk about levels and, you know, things like that. And hopefully there's not grief and acceptance or anything like that.
1: No, I won't mention grief. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that a lot of people believe without having practiced it, that communicating is the only thing you need to do in change management. Get the word out there, put it in newsletters, put it in emails, push, push, push. So that gets you to awareness. But it doesn't give you that two-way dialogue. It doesn't give users, impacted users and teams and parts of the organization, a chance to voice their questions, get their questions Hmm. answered, debate a bit. We shouldn't be afraid to, to debate the pros and cons or the pluses and the deltas. That second level will get people to accept that change is coming if they're engaged, if they're being heard. And... Then when you really get the magic is if you can get them to say, I not only am aware, I not only accept, I'm gonna be a part of helping make this change happen. Hmm. That's what I would call commitment. And some people call it adoption. It's it can be the same, but you won't get to that just by pushing communications out. You've got to engage, listen, you know, involve them. And then you will get what you are looking for.
0: You know, truly what I'm hearing, there's a lot more to it, you know, Mm -hmm. because Traditionally, for someone that has not had that additional wisdom of an, an organizational change management practitioner coming in, I could see it being, let's just blast out the information. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing from you is specifically inviting a dialogue, right? So where where are you? What are the gaps you're missing? Um, where are the areas you need it? Instead of just trying to hit everybody with the power user fire hose right away, right? I think that's a great thing, and hopefully, getting to that point of having people excited about it, or even being champions and everything. There's so many different steps that are in there that before you even can get to the business results, right?
1: Right. And you said power users, champions, site champions, change champions. There's all myriad of ways to involve people in the field, you know, on the ground floor with helping, you know, you involve them, you get their opinion, you hear what their concerns are, and then they become your network of advocates.
0: Let's put you on the spot here a little bit. And, you know, we are talking business results here. So mm-hmm. if somebody is going, all right, I've got a, uh, a technology that I want to consider adopting, right? Mm-hmm. What would be some of the areas that you think they might want to at least start to investigate to see if there is a story? or Mm -hmm. tying the technology adoption to business results. What are your thoughts on that, Ellen?
1: Yeah, I I think that you could start looking at very tangible things. It depends on what your technology is supporting. But for example, if it was supporting a very important thing, asset or plant maintenance, keeping your equipment in good working order. You know, that's a big deal for manufacturing Mm -hmm. floors. If if you're in the transportation business, your trucks need to be, you know, maintained properly or buses, you know, there's so many things that need to be maintained. And if you're implementing a new technology to help you streamline the maintenance process and put in more preventative and proactive measures rather than waiting for things to break, you can see results. People are in the procurement and inventory side of businesses measure inventory on shelves. And they would love to reduce inventory so they don't have to um, count it against profits, right? It costs money to hold goods. You can look at the shrinking of inventory because you're procuring just in time when you need it because your your new technology is allowing you more visibility to see what you need and when and don't overbuy and overstock. These okay. are just some, That's, a couple examples.
0: Yeah, And I'm sure we'll have conversations here in the future when it's your fourth or fifth time about you know, I, I know everyone is going through this concept of, you know, the pro con on things like AI adoption and, mm-hmm. you know, that's technology, right? You're not just buying AI like cornflakes off the shelf and installing it. There's got to be a whole universe of OCM type elements when it comes to people even thinking about making big buyer, big spender investment mm-hmm. in that, are you hearing anything? Word on the street, are you getting we, in dialogues on that kind of thing?
1: Yes, we are, and I definitely consider that anyone thinking about AI needs to have not only an implementation strategy but a change management strategy in place to make sure that everyone understands the, where the guardrails are, you know, and just how to function in the new world, It's just like every other new changed business process, how to use the technology to your benefit for the outcomes that you and your leadership is hoping to gain, not working against it.
0: Right. And, and I'm sure in cases like that, just fearing of, hey, is this robot taking my job, right? <laughs> you know, even if it was the most functional thing, if you have people that are, you know, sabotaging um there's going to be issues so juicy juicy topics to be held there i know that we're we're kind of closing in on our promise like 20 25 minute range here but are there any other thoughts that we haven't covered ellen that you'd want to interject regarding today's topic of that the the art and science of tying technology change management to business results
1: i you know i would just say that again every savvy change management leader is probably constructing their program with Regular ways to measure before set a benchmark, during pulse checking, surveying, communicating, as we said before, certainly, and then measuring. Each, with each one of those interventions, you can measure things. Are people reading your communications? You know, it's just like the marketing KPIs. Right. Rate, engagement rate, click-through rate, et cetera. The same things are important from a change management communications, focus groups. There's so many, I, I would even venture to say that podcasts like the one ones we're producing now, there's certainly KPIs you're measuring on each one of these episodes, right? Views, listens, et cetera. Right,
0: absolutely.
1: Plenty, yeah. of, plenty of ways to, to measure and report out the, the successful results or the areas where we fell short.
0: You know, that's right there. Light bulbs are going off for me of like you were saying is adopting more of a, a marketing analytics mm-hmm. mentality for your change management process, right? Yeah. Of Not just putting stuff out there, but saying who's consuming it for how long? Maybe it's like, are people searching for different things that we haven't even produced content for, like, is there an unforeseen demand yeah. um, out there? And if you have the tools and analytics to support them, then you're cooking with gas, right? That's, I that's think really you fascinating.
1: Are. Yeah.
0: Wow. This is awesome, Ellen. Um, I know that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you've got a really cool LinkedIn presence. You've got a lot of things going on. On a personal note, is there anything fun that you've been doing on LinkedIn that we should know about?
1: I will say that we crossed over 20 episodes during 2023, the LinkedIn live event that I co-host. So that's been personally very satisfying. Lots of opportunities to engage with new faces and topics that are (laughs) all over the place.
0: Awesome. Well, for those that are listening and have not checked out or given Ellen a follow, Ellen Kumar on LinkedIn, I encourage you to do it as it a best practice case in putting out a professional presence with a lot of value. On behalf of our listeners, I want to thank you for carving a little bit of your time out today. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here again.
0: The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.